This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome into the Take Command podcast. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And Logan, there is one giant lingering question that seems to be remaining in the fan base after this NFL draft. It is about the offensive line. So we are going to talk about it this morning. Now, if we were doing the national media, it'd be like, why didn't they take a quarterback? But we're not going to do that because we're not entertaining silly narratives. Uh, We also are going to go around the NFL later in the show and kind of give our favorite picks, things we liked, didn't like, uh, I guess our least favorite picks uh, from the draft last weekend. But Logan, let's start with that offensive line question. And, you know, there's a lot of, I would say, angst, a lot of criticism about choices made around how they've built this line this offseason. This is the second straight offseason where you can say that. Where are you at with, first of all, what they did in this NFL draft, the players they took, the players they passed on, and where that leaves them now? Well, I think, you know, when you look at Emmanuel Forbes, I've talked about how much I like him. And I think, uh, you know, same thing with uh, Quan Martin. Like, they're both really good football players. And I think one of the things I remember on draft night is, like, when they went Forbes at 16, I thought that was the right move. And the reason I'm going to say that is because Paris Johnson was off the board, Skaronski was off the board, and Darnell Wright was off the board, right? So all those guys, which I kind of had like, that was not, Darnell Wright was a tier two player for me, but definitely my first player in tier two. Then you get to Broderick Jones, right? I know a lot of people are very high on him, but I look at him and I say, only 19 starts, a lot of technical stuff to his game that doesn't make you feel, doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies about development. He's not going to come in and be kind of a starting caliber player right away. There's going to be some lumps, you know, I think you can get there, but it's going to take some time. And then, um, Anton Harrison, who I was very, very high on, but again, not necessarily like a run first tackle, you know, not a guy that you want kind of in there mashing around. So if you don't, if those two latter guys don't give you the warm and fuzzies, and then I think everyone wanted to bring up Dewan Jones, and we'll talk about Dewan Jones in more depth here in a second. But um, if those guys don't give you the warm and fuzzies, then I'm not going to take Matthew Berger on at 16 and no one's willing to trade back with me. Like I'm going to pick my best player on the board. And for them, it was Emmanuel Forbes. So I can't really... Just from like my own board, I can't really fault that process, you know. Right. Like that's not to that mention, gets, yeah. They they specifically wanted a playmaking defensive back because they feel like they need to generate more turnovers, and they went and got the best one in the draft. Right. So it's hard to be mad at that, which leaves yes. us then to the second round in Quan Martin when Cody Mock was drafted. What one pick later? Yeah, and yeah. So one pick later, and again, like I think 
you know, depending on your evaluation of Cody Mock, I think he, I like Cody, but again, the thing about pick 40, was it 47? Is that 47. right? 47. 47. Um, is that I know, and, and I think, um, uh, Marty said this in the presser. He was like, I, we, we wanted to trade up. We wanted to get a, get in that kind of first 15 picks of the round. And if you look at it, like, I think guys that we both agreed on would be very good fits here. Matthew Bergeron and Steve Avila mm-hmm. were guys that they were very, very high on in that range. And I look at that and I say they just couldn't get into that spot because I think the rest of the league also valued those guys, right? Correct. And so those guys were the guys that I would pick at 47, undoubtedly. I think Tyler Steen might also have been in the conversation, but that would be very, very high for 47. So again, I look at my board and it kind of was the same thing that happened at the round before. All the tackles that are worth taking are gone. You, I, I, I think Marty said he wanted to trade up into that range. There were no buyers, right? Because they all wanted to pick those players. Teams are smart about evaluating offensive line talent and they overvalue offensive line talent. I don't want to take Tyler Steen at 47 and I can't now trade back. So I got up stick and pick and pick the best player on the board. And I think that's like when, when I look at my tiers and that was the funny thing about draft night because I was crossing players off as we went and I was disappointed, obviously disappointed. Matthew Bergeron's gone, disappointed. Steve Avili's gone. But when you're looking at the board in front of you, you're like, well, obviously Quan Martin's the best player on the board. So I'm going to take him. It was really weird going through that process and just being like, even, even in the first round when I thought they might go edge rusher, like all the edge rushers I would take were gone. So I'm like, well, I guess we're going corner. Who's the best one? Emmanuel Forbes, make the pick. Go through the second round. Who's the best player on my board? Quan Martin, let's make the pick. And that's the problem when you can't trade up, when you can't trade back is you get stuck and you just got to take best player available. And I think they're excellent football players. That's the thing about to me. I think they're excellent football players. I think they fit a need. It just like, that's the funny thing about the draft is like everyone wants every people in the building at Washington, they know who the good offensive linemen are. Like when you like Ron in his interview, like he said this a couple days ago, he's like, I really wanted Darnell Wright. And I really wanted Emmanuel Forbes. It's not like he didn't want an offensive lineman. He didn't think that wasn't a need. It's just the guys you had high value evaluations on weren't there when you were picking. So what are you going to do? And I think that's, that's the frustrating thing about those first two picks. I think the process is sound. It's just, they couldn't, get the vertical or, or trade back, what would vertical, I guess both would be vertical, right? Cause you're going forward yeah. and backward, right? Yeah. Um, get that kind of trade back momentum. So I understand that's frustrating the fans, but when you look at the board, like, I don't know what else you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, I will take one final victory lap on the Carson Wentz trade here. That oh, was a huge problem you, for them in this trap mm, because is, it's a dagger in it. It's, it's a dagger. I mean, thank, thank God that he didn't hit the snap, the snap threshold and you're <laughs> right. out your second, but that third round pick that they were missing was massive because you had yeah. no picks for 50 picks. You had 47 and you had yeah. 97. And when you look at a guy like Quan Martin, who a lot of people think they may have reached on, uh, you, you can't risk him not being there at, you know, what would have been 70 something. I think, yeah, I'm really glad you because, brought that up. That's a great point. Because if he's your guy, which they really like him, that he was a guy that they were targeting in the second round. If those offensive linemen were gone, like there's no chance he's there at 97. And yeah. so, you know, you, and, you and can't I think the other play thing, around and you point, can't trade up as much. To your point, like if you're picking at night, if you're picking in that uh, at, what is it? like the, whatever they're, they're the 16th pick of the, of the next round. Like yeah. you could have probably drafted an offensive lineman at that spot and feel pretty good, like taking a reach or whatever trade capital. Like there's so many different things 
that pop up there that again I, I totally agree with you like it was just a such such a long like drought of not picking 50 picks man that's so long that you got to kind of make a decision and like the fact that you couldn't get into the meat of the third round there I think was also probably a little frustrating for everybody something oh yeah so this is a perfect example so People ask me, like, why didn't they pick Osiris Torrance? Because he went later in the second round. And I did not have a very high grade on Osiris Torrance. I, I mean, I liked him, but I had Cody Mock and Steve Avila higher than him. You know, and again, he's a big guy that doesn't quite fit most NFL schemes, right? To your point, Craig, if you are picking at 47, a name that I just would like to call attention to is Wanye Morris out of Oklahoma. After he was like the next guy after that top tier of guys, right? He went, I think he went 92, is that right? No, that's not right. Something like that. He went to Kansas City. Let's see where he is right here on the board. He went third, the third round? Yeah, third round, 92. 29th pick of the third yep. round. So yep. that's a player that you could have easily targeted at the 16th pick in that round and been totally fine with. So that's something, again, like just not having that pick, good offensive lineman, a guy that is that's perfect value for Wanye at that 16th pick in the third round, you just don't have an opportunity to do it. And, you know, I don't know what their evaluation was on Wanye, but like Tyler Steen went really early in the second. So you miss out on him. I think he's an excellent football player. I really liked his film, but the next guy on my list is Wanye and you're just in this, in this drought of picks. So that's the thing that's frustrating to me too. Right. I think is that that Carson Wentz trade really inhibits your effectiveness in that round. And then the third right. round specifically. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And that's what you get for making a trade when you're doing silly stuff uh, by uh, bargaining against yourself. Like nobody else was trading for Carson Wentz. <laughs> they paid a tax to do it. And yeah. for some reason gave up insanely high draft capital. Yeah. So dumb. So dumb. It was dumb then. It stays dumb now. Um, you know, and even if you liked the, cha the idea of bringing Carson in at the time, like that's not, that part is not hindsight. That is something is like, yeah. why are you giving up this much draft capital? Um, and by the way, the Colts ultimately take Josh Downs at that pick, a good yeah. receiver that wow. a lot of people really, really like. So they get a good football player. Uh, and also, I will say, this is this is salt in the wounds. So, Commanders fans, I'm sorry. If you want to be really, really sad today, go look at the what ultimately the Eagles got in exchange for Carson Wentz right. compared to what the, the <laughs> Commanders got out of Carson Wentz. Yikes. Uh, I think I think some of the like I think like Jalen Carter's a direct line from the Carson. Yes, direct line. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's nuts. Um, um, but but overall, like, I think that the board fell in a way where they didn't have opportunities to take the tackle that everybody wanted them to take. And I will say this when it comes to, okay, so the third round, their compensatory pick finally comes along. They take Ricky Stromberg. I think everyone's pretty happy about that. Um, he's a guy that potentially starts this season. But yeah. then with Braden Daniels, there's obviously a lot of consternation. And I said this to a caller on the radio yesterday. I, I'm kind of reserving judgment on that pick because he has something that you can't teach and he's lacking things that can be added, mainly right. weight. 
right? Yeah. If you're like, oh, this guy's too small. Well, currently is your fourth tackle. So he, you got your two starters and then you got Cornelius Lucas and you could still add someone potentially in free agency if, if there's another Charles Leno situation. Um, but you, you got a guy who's got really excellent foot, you know, not necessarily footwork, but foot speed and yeah. that you can't really teach. And yeah. so if you can clean up his footwork in terms of technique, you can get him in a weight room. Like, is he a future starter at tackle? I hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. And maybe whether it's, maybe he's a swing tackle and that's where he caps out. And if you get a Just swing fun. tackle in the fourth route, honestly, like that's a good use of your pick. But I, I do think that there's a little bit of consternation around the offensive line that negates a reality that uh, they've done a lot to change this offensive line. Because that's, that's right. the, the final point I'll make real quick, Logan, is like people obviously uh, are correct in saying they did not address this O-line enough. And what they had at the end of last year or throughout last year was not good enough. Well, they've got four new offensive linemen, if you count Cosme as new because he's going to a new position. Mm. They have a new quarterback, and the quarterback was a huge part of their offensive line problems last year, and a new coordinator, and the way this was schemed up was an enormous problem in terms of their protection last year. So you might not be, and this is where you, you start to pick nits a little bit, is like folks can be upset about, the fact that they don't like the solutions that the commanders have come up with. And if that's, if you have strong opinions on that at this time without seeing games played, okay, but you don't know that you're right any more than they know that they're right. Right. We just don't know, but that's the fun of, you know, doing what we do is like, we give our best guess and then ultimately we'll find out, but people can't pretend like they haven't done anything. They have four new offensive yeah. linemen, a new quarterback and a new coordinator. Like, They've made significant changes. Let's just be honest about the fact that a lot of people don't like the changes. Yeah, and I think going back to the draft for a second, you know, and I think the changes are good. I think, you know, Wiley's a good football player. I think Cosme at guard, I think he probably projects better there. Um, you know, the, the center thing is unusual to me. Like, because again, I've been a part of systems my whole career where center is not really like a high value spot. You know, and I know Chase Roulier's future is a little in flux, but you have four centers on the roster right now. You know, like Ron basically mm -hmm. in his presser today was like, I don't see Gates playing Gates playing guard. I see him playing center. So it's like that's really unusual to have four guys that are just playing center, I think. Then at the left guard spot, you know, so center, I guess, by, by that logic, should be short up pretty good. So three guys feel pretty good about. Left guard, obviously, a little bit up in the air. They got a little bit of a competition yeah, there. Yeah, that's the one where – what the hell are they doing? I don't know. You better hope Chris Paul's good. 